preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, simply live the supernatural life. That's what every Christian is supposed to do. Learn how through our program with Teresa Lust Ministries. Well, hello, my friends. Teresa Lusk here. You are tuned in with Teresa Lusk Ministries. I am so excited. We are coming to the end of our Freedom Series. I have shared so many things with you that are included in my book, Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life. You know, I took out some nuggets out of each chapter or most chapters and shared them with you to help you get a head start in your journey with Freedom and Deliverance Ministry. Remember that Freedom and Deliverance Ministry is a call. It's a commission that Jesus called out every believer to do. I know that we've been taught that this is only for some people, that some people have a special anointing and grace, and while some people might have a very uh, natural leaning toward it, that the Lord honors, the call is for everyone. You cannot run from it. Mark 16, 15 through 18, go read it. You're all called to preach, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, speak in new tongues, face the enemy uh, face to face and not be harmed by it. And so I want to remind you of that. So you remember that you are called and who God calls, he qualifies. So remember that my beautiful friends, remember that who he calls, he qualifies. And so today we're going to talk about starting a freedom and deliverance ministry. Um, I realize that there are a lot of people who run with this freedom ministry idea because it seems um, it's a it, it's kind of like a sensational thing and it looks like fun it looks like you get a lot of attention things of that nature but that really isn't what we're supposed to be doing with this however the church as a whole really is lacking a lot of things regarding um, freedom ministry, uh, the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of that. So I get why people have to start very specific ministries. I don't think God is upset about it at all. I'm not arguing with it. I'm just saying that we're all called to it, but some will lean towards this uh, very strongly, just like some lean towards the prophetic very strongly or healing very strongly. And so, uh, so that works. But today I want to talk to you about starting a freedom and deliverance ministry. What does it require? Have you ever thought about starting a deliverance ministry? You know, um, you know, there are some things that are very, very necessary for a deliverance ministry. And the very first one is compassion. You know, if you look in the word, Jesus healed and delivered because he had compassion. If you don't have compassion, but you just have a drive and desire, you have to go backwards and ask the Lord to enlarge your heart of compassion. Deliverance ministry, once again, it's not for show. Even if showy things end up happening, it's actually just for what I just said, for, for the sake of freedom and for the sake of deliverance. And if we don't learn that compassion must be the first thing that we need in our hearts to begin to move in, in deliverance ministry, we might miss it. 
we might come up with expectations of people that are not reasonable, that are not even um, realistic, or we may put burdens on them that's not theirs to carry. And uh, so it's very important to remember. So maybe you say, well, I am compassionate, Teresa. I have plenty of compassion. Their, their, their bondage breaks my heart. And so um, I feel like I'm good. That's perfect. But do invite the Holy Spirit to come in and, and do a little check and make sure that everything's good to go. The next thing that you need for a deliverance ministry is sanctification. Um, I'm going to tell you this. Sanctification is basically setting yourself apart for holy things, right? A, a minister, any kind of minister, whether they're an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, should always live a life of sanctification, meaning their lives should be fully set apart for the Lord in what they hear, what they watch, what they listen to, what they participate in, what they say um, in their lifestyles, all of that, because we are called to a greater level of examination it makes it the lord makes it clear in his word that if you're going to be teaching his word and guess what most everybody who's a minister teaches the word in some form or another so we will all be held to a greater level of examination by the lord himself don't you think that level of examination also includes our lives i mean we will put out who we are we will put out what we believe uh all of that so I encourage you to be careful and be wise and make sure that you're living sanctified. Now, I will say this. I've witnessed God use individuals who have sin in their life to set others apart. Uh, Excuse me, to set others free. Now, I know that that's hard to hear. I know it is, especially if you're one of those people that purposely sets their life apart to be holy in the the eyes of God, to live out holiness in in the lives of God. I know that. I know it gets difficult, but at the same time, I just want you to know that God will use that person who's living in a sinful life, but understands deliverance for the sake of the person that needs the deliverance. Now, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes the enemy turns on you and he will call out your business if you're not living holy. And if especially he'll especially do it if you're in a group of more than two people. He, he likes to talk. See, the devils talk sometimes. And so they'll manifest themselves and start saying things. And, and sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not. Usually they only have a partial truth, right? Um, but often they will pull out any kind of sin that you're living in and they want to make that public. Now, I'm not saying that because it's happened to me, but I've witnessed it happen. I have watched the enemy accuse other people of living in sin and I'm gonna tell you what I told you guys I'm discerning because you will need discernment to do deliverance and guess what it sometimes is true and so sanctification if you're gonna be uh, assigning uh, if you're gonna be living out the assignment that God has called us to live out then live sanctified set yourself apart leave no room for the enemy to point a finger and accuse. Not because his accusation is valid, but because you want for the Lord to be able to point a finger back and say, they're they're doing what they need to do. I know the blood covers you, so therefore when the accusation comes, the blood of Jesus covers it. But what if we could just do it with a free conscience, a conscience free of 
accusation and any kind of suspicion by anyone. Sanctification is absolutely necessary, my friends. The next one I want to talk to you about is humility. Humility really is important. Um, when I meet a humble person, I want to get to know them. And my respect level for them is typically immediate. I don't care what level of amazingness you've reached and how big your ministry is or your business or your money or anything of that nature. If you lack humility, if someone around me lacks humility, I don't want to be around them. Because of my discerning uh, ability, when I get around pride, people's pride, the funny thing is um, pride really makes my stomach turn. It's kind of funny how there are a lot of different types of demons and they do different types of things. But when someone has a spirit of pride, it literally causes my righteous anger to rise to another level and it often makes my stomach turn. So when I see somebody, I don't care if they're amazing, if they're not willing to be humble. If we treat people like we're better than them or that because they haven't reached the place where we have, um, and that, so therefore they can't treat people right or because they're the leaders. A lot of times there's, there's this hang up of I'm the leader so I don't have to humble myself but you need to submit and humble yourself. I have, I have met so many abuses uh, from, from leaders from their heart's attitude alone. That alone was detrimental to other people and so I encourage you that if you're going to be doing this, don't give the devil a foothold with any kind of pride. And, can I just be honest? Most people have some pride in them. They really do. And uh, I want to invite you to ask the Lord and say, God, if there's any kind of pride attached to me, unhook it. Unhook it. Pull it out. I talked about this in a prior segment uh, for, the, for the Freedom Series where I talked about the, the pride that really takes over and, um, and how it just it's just not good. So take care of the pride in your life. You know, remember that pride belongs to Satan. It's part of his character. And there's so many different types of pride in the way that people uh, act with pride. I, I talked about this before, um, how there's pride of um, your generational line, uh, such as, um, well, all my family were, they were ministers prior to me. We've all been ministers or we've all been lawyers or we've all, you know, stayed at home with our children or, um, you know, whatever. What There are so many different types of pride in our families, um, in, in, our, in our own, um, you know, our own environment, our own lives. So we really have to watch for that when, when doing uh, deliverance ministry. You should do it anyway as a believer, but definitely if you're going to, you know, live out the life of the deliverance minister as we all should um, definitely deal with that pride uh, but my friends you are tuned in with Teresa Lusk Ministries we are going over um, the freedom series deliverance and freedom um, we are talking today about starting a freedom and deliverance ministry it's coming straight out of my book unapologetically free deliverance and freedom through the spirit-filled life and we just want to encourage you to get your copy wherever books are sold online also, go to our website, TeresaLusk.com, 
we want to get into your hands some equipping uh, resources such as blogs and videos and just some updates and we'd also love to hear your testimonies you can email us info at teresalusk.com we'd love to connect with you through social media go to facebook and instagram look us up under teresa lusk ministries you should be able to connect with us right away also if you visit our youtube page we have content for you so just look us up under teresa lusk ministries and begin to be empowered today but my friends we're picking up on starting a deliverance ministry i've talked about the different things that you need to um, have if you want to pursue this type of ministry which you should because the lord has called us to but i've mentioned compassion and sanctification setting yourself apart being different than other people i've talked about humility um, how being humble is absolutely necessary um, you know it, it's really hard to find people who don't get full of pride in ministry sometimes and so if you find a humble person um, you know hey practice what they what they do and humble yourself and 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 or be the example of humility that other people can look to but it's definitely important in ministry the next one is confidentiality I want to talk to you about this one for a little bit the others that's something that happens between you and the Lord and your character like how much you choose to surrender um, but confidentiality is very very important and one of the things I can tell you with deliverance ministry it's a lot depending on how you do it and where you do it it'll turn out to be counseling so much of it will be counseling um, if you do it on a one-on-one -on -one setting instead of a church environment or a group gathering environment and the reason for that is because people will often just if you're a pastor or a minister of any sort and they'll go in just to talk to you right quote-unquote talk about things that they're dealing with and then you end up finding out by the discernment of the Holy Spirit that he reveals that these people need deliverance that they have demons they have demonic oppression oppression torment etc um, that they need to deal with confidentiality is an absolute must most people who say that they understand confidentiality can I tell you that they don't I'm not trying to be negative my friends I've dealt with plenty of people to tell you that most people believe they are very confidential people but they always have loopholes they always have loop loopholes to their confidentiality oh well we have friends in common well they told you this information last time so therefore I'm sure they told it to you this time um, that kind of thing but let me tell you something that if the Lord trusts you with his children's secrets that means we're not to share what they say in private we're not to share you know the the stories that I included in my book um, I reached out to the people that I wrote about and we got um, you know a, a, um, a blessing to share uh, but I changed identities even though they would say no just share what you want share as much as you need to but I wasn't trying to share their whole business I just wanted to share enough that those who listen to it or read it or what have you that they would know what um, deliverance looks like on a day-to-day -day, um, basis and for a normal person and so uh, confidentiality really is um, 
is very important. And remember that if the Lord's trusting you with their details, take confidentiality as a test. How about that? Let me let me say it like that. Take their their business as a test to see how much the Lord can trust you. So when somebody shares something intimate, dark, broken, which most of the details that you will ever hear in a deliverance session, pastoral counseling or counseling session, they're actually very uh, sad, dark things that people are ashamed to live with. They're ashamed to live with those things. They're ashamed that that's their lives. And so if they have allowed us to take part in their lives and hear what they're saying for the sake of healing, who are we to step on those things and mistreat them and not honor them? And so that's what I'm saying, my friends. We must be very careful. I do encourage you to um, I do encourage you to start praying that the Lord would give you just such a conviction for confidentiality. And um, you know, that confidentiality will be tested in so many ways, especially if you have people in common with the person you're helping. I have found that that is one of the harder things for me because um, I do have a lot of people that know each other and they say things and you don't know what they've said to who and you just have to be careful with that. And so I, a little while back, just started to pray that he would even increase my sense for confidentiality even more because I don't want to uh, offend him or the, the, the secrets, the darkness, the, the deep things that these people are trusting me with. And so I encourage you to do the same. You know, uh, prayer is going to be uh, the next point and it's going to be very important. You know, I, I, my favorite form of prayer, yes, I love the conversation with the Lord. I'll never stop doing that. But the most divine and perfect prayer that you can do as a deliverance minister is that of tongues. You'll never go wrong with that. And I have a whole section on tongues in my book, Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life, that I did not talk about um, in the podcast. I'm going to let the, the readers go and get their copy and get into that. But it is the most effective, most powerful, most, most piercing form of prayer that any of us can do. And so I encourage you to do that, to begin to pray daily. I say to people, make tongues a lifestyle. Tongues are a lifestyle. It's something we do in our car, while we wash dishes, while we take a shower, while we're shopping. You know, and you say, well, how can I do that? I can talk really loud. No, you can quietly, if you're out at the store, you're uh, in, in, in close proximity to someone and you don't want them to hear you, it is possible to still live out your prayer life without being loud trust me try it and uh, you'll see how things will change so you, it, starting a, a, a deliverance ministry will require all those points that I just shared um, including the compassion the sanctification the humility the confidentiality the prayer those are all things that are absolutely necessary to begin to help people. You know, I'm going to say this too. If you want to be used in your churches 
by your pastors, you want them to uh, trust you, then, then show yourself faithful. Show yourself faithful and honorable and you'll see that um, you will be given opportunities uh, to serve the Lord in, in many different capacities. So you are tuned in to Teresa Lusk Ministries. I am so excited that you are listening. Would you visit our website, TeresaLusk.com? Sign up for our newsletters. Uh, send us your testimonies and prayer requests, info at TeresaLusk.com. Uh, if you have questions, maybe you have questions about some of the topics that we've covered and um, you just want to know a little more, we would love to hear from you. Um, so we're actually learning about how to, how to start a deliverance ministry. What does it look like? A freedom and deliverance ministry. And um, so we're reading out of my book, Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life. You can get your copy wherever books are sold. But in for my life personally, a lot of the deliverance ministry has been in a pastoral counseling setting. Not all of it, because I do preach. I'm a preacher first. Um, and so I go out and I preach and I do... I see corporate deliverance being um, um, being done by the Holy Spirit, but a lot of mine has been done through a pastoral counseling uh, session, and basically that looks just like a counseling session in the sense of people come into an office or I go to their homes, etc. Whatever has been the best situation in the past, and um, because I, I have a counselor's heart to begin with. A lot of times people will just share their life story. They'll share their past, their present. Uh, they'll share whatever they feel led to share. And uh, I'll listen, but while I'm listening, I'm also discerning and I'm pulling out principles and themes that are working in these people's lives. When you pay attention to what people are saying, you can find out a whole lot about them. You can find out why sometimes things are so broken down. You'll be able to discern what's operating in their life. Remember I talked about operating a spirit, uh, excuse me, uh, discerning uh, the spirit that's operating or a situation. Maybe you discern a sickness. Maybe you discern just an emotional and or mental health issue. So by listening to them, I'm just taking mental and physical notes at times and listening to what they're saying so that when I pray for them, I will um, know what I'm going to command that it leaves, that I'm, I'm going to command that it breaks, and that's what you know um, what we're going to to do and get them set free from. And so those are some things that are really, really important um, is just to do that. Now when I'm out and about ministering at a church or an event or location or what have you, um, I don't always um, I don't always call out one person at a time you know to get set free sometimes I just do corporate deliverance I'll just pray over the entire congregation and uh, I'll pray out whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to pray if he tells me to pray uh, against lust and uh, suicide and I'll just do that and if he pulls out someone if he points them out to me and says these people, this person needs, um, they need deliverance from this and that. And he starts revealing it. This is the awesome thing about deliverance is that you'll partner with the Holy Spirit and he will 
tell you what to pray for. He'll tell you what's operating. And so you just have to learn to trust his voice. And so that uh, is one of my favorite things is to see the power of the corporate deliverance. Now, my friends, in closing, I want to share some things with you. There are many reactions that you can get from people regarding deliverance ministry. Some of it has to do with where their theology lays, lies, excuse me. Um, I can tell you that I've lost friendships over it because people did not agree that a, that a Christian could need deliverance and freedom from a demon. They're perfectly fine with saying, yep, somebody needs deliverance from their thoughts, maybe from the outside, but they had a problem with the whole, a demon could be in your flesh. Now they incorrectly um, misinterpreted what I believed. I don't believe that a Christian could be possessed. That's different. That means full ownership. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit owns your spirit. The Father owns your spirit. Jesus owns your spirit. But the flesh, in the same place that sickness resides and sick and, and sin operates, is the same place where a demon can be. And sometimes we lose track of that. So you may actually run into some difficult reactions to this ministry. But I'm going to warn you and tell you this, my friends. I've watched people suffer so greatly, doing all the things we know to do, read the word, help people renew their mind, help people uh, learn to live differently, be disciples, teach them to be disciples and become disciples, etc. All the checklist that we're really taught to adhere by as Christians. And I had to go through my own journey of praying to the Lord and saying, God, what is wrong with these people? I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to do what you want, but yet I don't see them staying out of the pit. And that's when shortly after he began to teach me about deliverance and freedom for the Christian. I'll never apologize for believing in this. And I'm not going to walk away from it because I know and have seen that while I see some go back to their vomit, I've seen many be changed because of it. And I'll never be the same again. And my friends, I encourage you to stand up for the word and not let people back you down from this. Because if you feel a call and a stir for this, but you walk away because somebody is demanding that this is not for the believer, then you'll still leave people in their bondage. There's often an argument that you shouldn't cast out a demon from an unbeliever um, because they haven't accepted Jesus. Okay, then who is the deliverance left for? The believer. While you can set a belie a, an unbeliever free and give them the opportunity to accept Jesus, deliverance is still for the believer. And so my friends, you'll have to make a choice, uh, even when times get hard, of what do I do with this? Well, I chose to stick with this. While it broke my heart that people chose to walk away, I choose the Lord and I choose his assignments over my life, over my family's life, over my children's lives. And I pray that you'll do the same, that conviction would run through your veins so deeply 
that you'll not try to please man. You'll not try to please people who tell you that they know better than you. Go read your word. Go read your Bible. Study it. Tear it apart until you find the truth. And see, my friends, while I was trained to, uh, or I learned to do ministry by deliverance ministry by well-meaning people, I had the responsibility to go back to the Word of God, study it myself, rightly divide it, and decide, is everything that they've taught me accurate, yes or no? At the end of the day, the answer was no. While it all worked, some things were not necessarily biblical. So I had to spit them out and relearn according to the Word of God. That's your responsibility, my friend. Your responsibility is to learn the Word and learn it well so that you can give an answer to it one day. And that's where I'm going to leave you, my friends. That's where this series of Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life, that is where I'm going to close it. Leaving you with a reminder that you are in charge of studying the Word for yourself and obeying the Lord. Father, I bless you today. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Holy Spirit. And we love you, Lord. We give you praise for your mighty hand, for your anointing, for your authority, for your glory. We thank you that we, as of today, we will begin to be used mightily for your kingdom to set the captives free. You paid for it, and we will stand in the gap for those who say, I'm ready to be set free in Jesus' name.